0: Hey, everyone, we had a special guest on this episode and we couldn't stop him from swearing. So if you would like to, oh, this is like getting really weird. Uh, Anyway, warning. Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest podcast. I'm your host Nathan Sano, joined as always by the Android to my iOS. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: Uh, I feel like I was put in a very good position in this. I am both uh, flexible and man- easily manipulated. I just knew you'd be mad if I made if I made you. Yes, iPhone. if you made me, if you made me Apple, I would definitely have hard objections. Uh, and our
0: very own BlackBerry. That's right. It's a blast from the past. It's Brett Hancock. Brett, how you doing?
2: Good. I'm old, difficult to work with, uh, somewhat functional.
0: You should have. You should. You had. You should have won, but for some reason, just gave up yeah. a huge lead. I had. No I had
2: everything in front of me, twenty-eight to three or whatever the score of that was, <laughs> and I just, it just all disappeared.
0: Yeah, just, just it. Just went, uh, went, went into the, into the hole. So, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's start with this. There are quarterback rumors swirling around the Seahawks, but we got to start with the guy who's already on the roster. The man with the hose. That's right. It's Drew Locke. I, I don't know if you guys watched the Pete Carroll, uh, John Schneider press conference, but Drew Locke has a hose and it has become a, a full on meme to talk about Drew Locke's hose. So Kevin, uh, how do you feel about Drew Locke's hose? Let's start with the, let start with you.
1: Um, you know, I was taught that you aren't supposed to talk about another man's hose behind his back. But that being said. Hey, we're putting it out in public. Drew can listen if he'd like. I, I'm into it. Okay. So no one has ever questioned Drew Locke's arm talent. Um, but he's kind of the ebby Calvin Lelouch of quarterbacks. Because. Oh, this is, a, this is an incredibly niche reference. We're talking about a million dollar arm and a five cent head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This guy – uh so, yeah, Drew Locke can make every throw on a football field. The question is whether or not he can tell where he's supposed to be throwing and then deliver the ball into that exact region. But, like, no one questions whether or not his arm can get the ball to the spot. Yeah, so, uh, Brett, Dr- Drew Locke said half the time, the, right as the
0: ball leaves my hand, I'm like, oh, no. Do, 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 you, do, you, rel- do you relate to that statement at all? Or?
2: <laughs> it makes it really difficult to, like – uh carry on with my I just ignore everything that a player says uh philosophy going back about a decade now because yeah that one it's like bro I'm not sure what motivated you to say that in any way. Like is that a joke? But yeah, it's uh hopefully we don't have to find out. But I just think this puts to bed the question of like is hose size an evaluation in uh in those draft war rooms? I think we know it is now. Because Schneider yeah, they, they was like tell- emphatic. He was like, yeah, he's got a hose. And then he just kept talking, and everyone's like, what the heck?
0: So, yeah. Everyone's like, wait, hold up. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? Yeah, there's no <laughs>
2: doubt now. No doubt. The, so so we, Drew know Lock- that.
1: we know they took their shirts off for the DK uh, combine talk.
2: <laughs> I guess we know it, what right? they
1: took off for the Drew Lock one. That's right. At, for quarterbacks, they want
0: them to take their pants off. the The thing uh, I want, so now we gotta really find out about the hose size of the other uh, the other quarterbacks in the draft because that's gonna determine a lot if the Seahawks are gonna end up drafting a quarterback. I I the thing for me about uh, Drew Lock was, as DK Metcalf said, "Let's chill on the Drew Lock slander." Like we know what he is and we know what he isn't, and at this point, he's probably like Plan C. The Seahawks have been in every quarterback rumor to this point, right? The every veteran quarterback that is coming available, the Seahawks are in that rumor. So it's obvious it's obvious that Drew Locke is not their plan A, right? And he's probably not their plan B either. Like but it's I, nice to have a plan C, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't know what kind of validation people want. Like like do they want them to be like, yeah, here's the Noah Fant, you know, hype reel and here's the Shelby Harris hype reel. But but fuck Drew Locke, am I right? Like what do you like what do they expect them to do? I just
1: yeah, I think the best way to think about this is, um, this is your classic uh, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, want to go into the draft not being forced to address any one position, which they are technically not forced to to address the position of quarterback. Yeah. if Because like if we, Willis not- goes, I could see a legitimate argument that Drew Locke is as good of an option as any of the other quarterbacks that are on the board. Yeah. I and- wouldn't necessarily agree with that argument, but I think it's a reasonable one to make. Yeah. Right.
0: I'd and- rather roll the dice on Desmond Ritter, but like, yeah, if you if you tell me like, oh, I'm a, there's an equal chance Desmond Ritter and Drew Locke are gonna be useful NFL quarterbacks, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue against that super hard. That's a it's a perfectly reasonable take. Yeah. Yeah. Are, I mean, are, are it's like something?
2: yeah, as, as cute as they we've seen, you know, the Seahawks get with the salary cap every single year to the point where they're You know, cutting people who have three sacks in two games, right? Because they have to. Like, they got a backup quarterback who's, yeah, probably one of the worst backups, right? He's not good, but he only costs $1.4 million, right? I would would say he's one
1: of the better backups. He's just a good starter. That's like another
2: player, though. So, like, I, you know, I really don't see the problem with this. He's definitely. if you made me choose
0: between if you made me choose between Geno Smith and Drew Locke, like I'm picking Drew Locke, at at least there's still potential with Drew Locke. Geno Smith is a finished product. He is what he is. (laughs) I mean, Drew Locke, maybe he survives because of our offensive style, right, where we're like protect the football, play action, running game, deep shots. Like maybe that just works for Drew Locke. I'll say his highlight reel of deep throws has a, quite a few overthrows in it. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Can't I don't really know exactly how. Yeah, he's got well, too, a little too a little too much hose. <laughs>
2: too much, you can never have too much hose. I'm telling you. Um, no, I think like I don't want to spend too long on Drew Locks. I'm sure I think this you know, conversation's bottomed out. But, I mean, it, it's like there's. There's just so many, there's so many factors, right? Like he'd be throwing to different people behind a different offensive line. You know, there's just like, there's no, I guess no fan would be the same, but it's just, it's hard to just project that he would be that bad, you know, with the Seahawks, right? Like,
0: yeah, I think, you know, if, if you told me, Hey, he's going to be the 25th best quarterback next year, I would probably mildly disagree, but it's not like, Oh gosh, it's like, he's yeah. He's just. I think that we've seen at this point that the the ceiling isn't super high for Drew Locke. He's not going to be a top ten quarterback, pr- un- most likely. There's very few players who have followed a career arc like his, right? Where they play and they seemingly get worse every season that they play. I think, and the, then they, and then all of a sudden they become good. Like yeah. that's
2: yeah, we
1: generally don't look not, the Tannehill experience. I think right. the
2: absolute best case for Drew Lock is honestly Joe Flacco with like a couple less years, right? Where you're just like, he he inexplicably wins a Super Bowl and then just slowly fades into obscurity, right? Like that. Cause right. I think that's like, that's my best case, which is not Flacco something that hose. I want to shoot for. Yeah. 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 And what's Joe Flacco's hose uh, like? He had a like hose, it. man. He could pump yeah. out a deep ball.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, let's lock that. Let's lock that one away. Uh, for, 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 let's the whole <laughs> conversation know. away for now. So, put in the archive.
1: What we're doing that though is, um, uh. who feels slightly better about the compensation for the rust trade after the Deshaun Watson trade? Oh. Okay. So, like, if you told me that that okay,
0: so they got basically uh, two firsts, a second, a third, right, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then no players or three firsts, a second, a third, and no players, and we got two firsts, yeah. two seconds, and and uh, three players. One of which I think is legitimately like worth a first rounder. Noah Fayette. Uh Shelby Harris, I'd say it's probably worth like a fourth rounder, maybe something yeah, like mid-round that. Pick. Uh, mid-round pick. And then um Drew Lock is obviously worthless. Like they we they threw him in because we wanted to play and see at quarterback. It's not yeah. it's it's fine. It's fine he and we would have Drew Lock It's the I'm not, same seventh case Keenum would. Right. A conditional seventh. You know, if he plays, you get yeah. a seventh. If yeah. he doesn't, you get nothing. Uh that kind of thing. So that compensation comparison really works for me, though. I do think the Seahawks got a better deal for Russell Wilson than than Cleveland, then uh, you know, the Texans got for Deshaun Watson. Now there's a whole other thing with that, where like Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended, but also, and also, you had to give Deshaun Watson like that contract is, is sketchy. Like it's it's not only is it bad from like a like a financial standpoint, like they gave a guy who has active legal problems tons of money, but they also like structured the contract in such a way that he will avoid financial uh fines based on his base salary of one million dollar in the first year. Like just like more both both immoral and and <laughs> illogical. Like they double they did double whammy. Yeah, they got just, both
2: in there somehow, which is impressive. Even for but, the Browns, you know.
0: Cleveland, Cleveland right, put out this long statement about, you know, a classic NFL statement. Yeah. We did our research. We, 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 <laughs> and I was like, you could sum that up with, uh, we care more about football wins than, than women. It's like, not that complex. Like just, it's okay. Like, just say it. We don't, we we're we'll, we have we'll, this stance. Don't pretend you don't have this. stance. Yeah, we, we'll judge yeah. you just the same, whether you say it or not, you might as well just own it. Yeah. I don't know.
2: It's hard to have like a moral high ground because you know that. You know, almost every team was going to be in on that. They needed a quarterback, right? Every team was going to be in on it. Every team we were in
0: on it, right? right. Like the Seahawks got rejected by Deshaun Watson. Like we were in on it. We are not. Our hands are not clean in the situation. And another thing too is the most likely reason he rejected us is because I've heard uh, around the Twitter the Twitter beats is that Deshaun wanted guarantees all throughout the contract, and we were um, We're some teams. Some teams were not willing to give guarantees past the second year. I guarantee one of those teams was Seattle. That, oh, um, yeah, I guarantee sure. we were like, we were like no guarantees outside the first two years. Yeah. And so he was like, all right, well cool. hit, hit the bricks. I'm going to, I'm going to go to yeah. Cleveland to guarantee the whole contract. <laughs> you know? I mean, like my
2: thing is, you know, you can be as negative on, you know, Pete and John and the Seahawks as you want, but like clearly in this case, they, they had a plan, right? Like I think Shelby Harris adds way more value to what the Seahawks are trying to do this year than, you know, the Browns hypothetical good player. Right. Cause what if they screw up all the draft picks? So it's not a nothing burger, you know. It's not like a huge get, but yeah, I mean, we got two players who will definitely log some some serious snaps, right? And then we got a whole bunch of a whole bunch of draft picks, so and I like it. Um, yeah, and we don't have so- Deshaun Watson, so hooray! It all worked out, I guess.
0: But. Yeah. So let's talk about the other, uh, quarterback trade rumors. Uh, and oh, by the way, if the Russell thing was really broken and it sounds like it was, I think that they probably got out at the right time because this, his value is never going to be higher than it is right now.
2: Yeah. he would uh, played I, If we if were they, to try to run it back for like one last day pl- and he probably
0: would have played and he probably would have played really good. Cause yeah. he's a good, he's a good football player, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, not, <laughs> but, it's not a hard hitting analysis here. Yeah.
0: But, uh, but, The thing is, is that after next year, you know, his value gets lower and his value gets lower. And if we're going to have to jump ship at some point and he's not going to resign and you get the impression from everything John Schneider said in that press conference that they felt like Russell Wilson was not going to sign another contract with them or was going to make it very difficult for them. And do not be surprised if Russell Wilson last time he tried to get his contract tied to percentage of the salary cap. I think that that's what they're shooting for again. They're going to say we want our contract to be. 30% of the salary cap, 28% of the salary cap, something like that. One, that's a lot of money. And two, if the cap goes up, it makes it even worse, right? And they'll have to
2: say yes. Yeah, that could be 70 million. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm with Kevin. They they have to say yes. They they painted themselves into
0: the same corner we did with Jamal Adams. Exactly.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean it's
0: And it's better to do it with a quarterback than a free than a strong safety. Let's just, let's just, let's just get that out there, but it's bad to do it in general. Sure.
2: And like, not to be too cynical about, you know, all of these GMs and front offices, but like in their mind, right. This is probably just what exactly what they did with Peyton Manning. Right. Like if we win a Super Bowl, who cares? Right. It's like, they've been pretty bad before and after the Peyton Manning, you know, like era. So if that's their plan, they, they definitely committed to it. Right. But I mean, I would have some serious, uh, some serious questions about that. But you know what are
0: you gonna do? I'm gonna use the same transition I tried to use last time, but then I got a tangent. I put myself out on a tangent. Anyway, speaking of possible trade <laughs> candidates, uh, there are two big trade candidates that have been rumored to be available: uh, Matt Ryan, which makes me think that that uh, you know Atlanta's thinking quarterback at eight, right in front of us. Uh, so Matt Ryan is rumored to be available, and then also available at the um, is Baker Mayfield coming off of the. The trade with cleveland so baker mayfield seems to be more available than matt ryan i do think that you know there's a there's the thing is matt ryan gets paid a big bonus on tuesday so if they really want to move on they need to do it by tuesday so there is kind of a a, a moderate deadline there where the falcons can push a lot of the money onto another team if they can trade him before tuesday uh, baker mayfield they have until the draft you know basically to to get this Trade done, they have time to work it. So let's start with Matt Ryan because it's more pressing. Um, would you give up a, a mid round pick for a gap quarterback like Matt like Matt Ryan? Um, what do you what do you think? Guy, let's go with Brett first.
2: Oh, I was gonna let Kevin go. I've been stealing all the shine. Um uh, no, okay. Uh
0: this way, this way you can give a short answer and then Kevin can go long this time. Because I, I think he has Matt Ryan thoughts. Okay,
2: here's the thing. I and I did actually watch some Matt Ryan uh 2021, okay. I think Matt Ryan is no better or worse than he was five years ago, right? He's just not that quarterback that people, you know, like, want him to be, right? He's the, obviously not Russ. Uh, if we got Matt Ryan and, you know, picked, right, uh, you know, a, a tackle, right, a center or whatever, and they played well, I think we could honestly win, like, 12 games. But next year, uh, no clue, and Matt Ryan's more expensive, right? So it, you either got to go free agent or, or like, Matt Ryan, Right, if you want to feel the competitive team like this year, that's that's my take on Matt Ryan. He could still be All a top right. fifteen quarterback, top ten, eh, maybe.
0: And Kevin, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the former MVP, <laughs> Matt, Matt
1: Ryan? I uh, I think Brett really summed it up pretty well there. Um, Matt Ryan is going to come in. He's going to complete about sixty six percent of his passes. He's going to throw for about eight to nine yards per attempt. Like is that on his depth of target? He's going to, um, you know, throw more uh, quality passes than turnover-worthy plays. He's going to get rid of the ball in about 2.7 seconds. Like, I, I just feel like Matt Ryan is such a known quantity, even in an age 37 season. Like, I don't feel like his game's necessarily going to decline because like I, you know, unless the arm unless the arm problems. strength
0: starts to go right if the arm strength starts to go then maybe he starts to decline but
2: like that's the problem. most
0: guys most guys start to decline closer to f- like 40 he's probably got like two really
1: solid years left right yeah he's probably got Although one I, solid year and then one phil rivers arm fades towards the playoff year mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, i mean the
2: thing much. is like you can do everything you want to do right like roster construction and team wise and if you can get Matt Ryan for something that doesn't affect that, you know, and the salary cap would obviously create a problem there. But, I mean, I don't see why you don't do it, right? Like, exactly like Kevin said, he is a known quantity, he's established, you know, he's going to do exactly what he's going to do. Well, there's one a, reason you don't do it. That's a valuable thing, though.
1: The one reason you don't do it is if you're trying to get draft assets to be able to um, get your quarterback next year.
2: Yeah, because but we if you look at games, the, what we're doing with the rest
1: sure. of our roster, we're not taking so yeah, we wouldn't have constructed our roster this way if we weren't going to go out for an upgraded quarterback. Right?
0: They're trying. They're trying. They're trying to win. The yeah. Seahawks are definitely trying to win. Yeah. And uh, that that makes uh, Matt Ryan trade at least. A, it, it's possible, not probable, but possible. I do think. Um, you know, this it would be seen as Pete loves second chances. This would be like his last gasp. You know, this is like
1: the last chance or whatever. But, and it'd be an Atlanta but, cap dump situation for sure. Right. Yeah, I think Atlanta's people trying to would give be us.
2: extremely down on it. However, that's true of the team right now, anyway, and, and I'm definitely not there. So, yeah, I would, I would be, I'd be all for it for sure.
0: So. so there's there's two the ba- on the Baker Mayfield side there's kind of two rumored uh, different trade packages. Let's start with this the straight up one. Um, it seems like it was going to take like about a third round pick to guarantee Baker Mayfield. Maybe a conditional third, like you know a third if the Seahawks make the playoffs okay. and a fourth if we don't kind of thing. Uh, would you would you give that up for uh, for Baker Mayfield uh, to 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 let him uh, give him a shot to to be the Seahawks quarterback, Kevin?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty easy choice for me. Um, he's it's going to be his age twenty seven season. He was the number one pick in twenty eighteen. He's on a relatively cheap contract and wouldn't really cost that much to re sign. I don't think if we wanted to do a couple year extension as part of the deal. Uh, last year, I f- I feel like what happened was he had a good year. He had a Freddie Kitchens year. He had a good year. He had an injured year, and I do agree that that makes his evaluation a lot harder. But I think a lot of the noise that we're getting about, um, you know, wanting an adult, whatever. I think a lot of that has to do with they went shopping behind their quarterback's back. And now Cleveland as a franchise is trying to do damage control. Because if you look at what happened, they basically went out looking for a quarterback upgrade. Didn't talk to their quarterback about it. Their quarterback found out and got upset, wants out. And so now they're going, well, we wanted you out anyway. And I think that's why Watson ended up with the contract that he did, because the door had already been closed on Cleveland. So Cleveland came scrambling back with this really good contract offer for mm-hmm. their pre-show quarterback, because they, they had just isolated their starting quarterback. And they and uh, Baker was basically saying, well, I'm not going to play another stat for Cleveland.
0: Yeah, they, I think that Cleveland... Cleveland uh, was out. They had been in. They were in a similar situation with us. They weren't going to give him the contract that he wanted. I think at that point, it seemed like Deshaun Watson was going to Atlanta. Uh, Kyle Pitts has the same agent as Deshaun. He was vague tweeting a lot of stuff about how Deshaun was coming. DW's coming home and stuff like that. And then once the deal was announced to Cleveland, he posted something that was like, "Didn't see this one coming or whatever," you know. And so I do think that yeah, Watson to Atlanta seemed like it was by far the front runner but you know Cleveland came in with the with the big money offer you're right and it's pro- mostly because Baker slammed the door he said I don't want to be a part of this organization anymore I do think Baker is rightfully scorned a little bit yeah. I mean he put he put his body on the line for the team last year and it feels like organizationally from the players all the way up to the the front office no one has his back and I think that 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 sucks that's got to be a terrible feeling especially for a guy who is as competitive and team focused as he is Uh, So yeah, I I think I would Week
1: one through nine He was on pace for a really solid year He was going to have a year like he did the previous season He had um, Eight touchdowns to three interceptions He was completing the ball about 65 to 70% of the time He was throwing for over 200 yards a game He'd only had one poor game all year He had a um, pretty bad game against Minnesota But otherwise he was having a pretty solid year And you can literally see the point In his season where the injuries caught up to him And then he looked
0: garbage and he runs the the offense that we want to run too right like the the play action rollout, out uh handed off a lot uh deep shots like that that's Baker Mayfield he could totally do that uh that's he would he would love to be in an offense like ours i think okay so that's the first rumored trade offer is us giving up a third night uh, like okay, a third or a conditional third um basically all we got to do is kind of match or just slightly undermatch what Indianapolis gives because they'd rather trade him out of conference and
2: Brett you be done with so, that uh, yeah. Well, I was gonna,
0: I was gonna sure. ask, I was gonna transition to Brett with this one, Brett. Okay, There's a sure. bombshell going around Twitter oh, that the the <laughs> offer, the offer the Browns want to to pursue is a second round pick this year, which would be 13, a third round pick next year, and Baker Mayfield for DK
2: Metcalf. No, absolutely not. I would do <laughs> if you if you take out they
0: don't don't forget they don't have first round picks. So No, no, cannot. no, that's
2: fine. I would do I would do just the picks for sure. I I have no objection to Baker Mayfield. I agree with everything you two have said. No,
0: no, no. They they give us the second and the third. Oh. And Baker. Ooh. And Baker okay, okay, for no, DK. Wait, you thought we were giving up the second and yeah, the third? Yeah, yeah. That's psychotic,
1: Brett. Why would we <laughs> Yes <laughs> I, I can definitely understand your strong reaction, Brett. Yeah, I can well, understand just, I know. I'm having no, a strong we, reaction to we, your reaction now. They just we paid get.
2: fifty million dollars guaranteed for the fucking serial sexual abuser Deshaun like, like anything's possible. Uh, I don't yeah, know. For, man. For I have, for noted
0: noted well, I, I like using this one. Noted sex pest. Because yes, it it applies because now because it can just transfer over. We go straight from Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. just years of of ragging <sighs> on him for being a noted suspect, and we can just transfer all of yeah, that over to Deshaun Watson. It's perfect. Though. It's great. Um, um okay, hold
2: on. We have hold a on. we have a new target. Let <laughs> me quickly let me quickly recalibrate here. I if Baker is willing to sign an extension to like, you know, a good a good deal, right?
0: What if he's just? What if he's just like? I want to play out my contract. It's eighteen million dollars no, uh, a year for the next two years.
2: No, no, I would. Got do two
0: that. years? Two years around eighteen
2: mil? Nah, it's just not worth it. I mean, because like after that, you know, I don't know. That's the thing. If Baker's coming here, I would want it to be for you know a contract extension, I'm, right? Tack really? On three I'm years, kind of the thirty mil or something.
0: That's interesting. I'm kind of the opposite. Like I kind of would love to see us just like run Baker out there for two years and be like. Uh, yeah, the, you know, okay. We got two years
1: at. Yeah. Trade for X him and then dollars. pick up their fifth year option. Yeah. Right. But if and they're then gonna like.
2: Do that. Then why not get Matt Ryan the arguably the better quarterback at this point. Right. Like that's my point. Like, um, because are
1: better
0: because I yeah, I think they're roughly equivalent at sure, this point, okay. you know, I'll give you that, uh, 15 in the 15 to 20th best quarterback range and Baker's younger. So there's upside. If he bounces back and looks good coming off the injury, like we could see his growth curve continue and he could get better. He's 27. He's younger. Yeah,
2: I'm still it's, a no it's, on it's that trade, hundreds, no. but obviously less, uh, so it, less, less, uh, eye bulging. Are you, I are you morally
0: it. opposed? Are you morally opposed to trading DK Metcalf or is I'm it, not,
2: I'm not morally opposed to it, but it is my least, uh, it is my least desirable, uh, front office move that they could make. I just don't want to do it. Like, I don't know man. Unless unless obviously there's some screaming offer, right? Someone's going to give us two first or something crazy, but I just I just don't think moving on from him is uh is is like worth it. I think that's too cute on the roster construction. And I know he's do a lot of money, like don't get me wrong. But I also think he's been like under and poorly utilized. So that's the other reason that I don't want to get rid of DK, right? So, I want Maybe he plays out this year, you know, in an offense like where it's obvious that they're, you know, like using him how how uh, how he can be used and he's not that great. Sure. Right. Then don't resign him or whatever. But I think uh, I think that's a risk that I'm willing to take. So.
0: okay, yeah, Yeah, I I think that the Seahawks need to come to a decision with DK the same way they did with um, with Russ, where they need to decide kind of now. Is he someone that they are going to resign? If the answer to that is yes, then we need to start working on that extension yesterday. Absolutely, <laughs> like that extension needs to be getting done, and because all that's happening is the the it's getting worse and worse for us. Every time one of these wide receivers signs, it's just getting worse and worse and worse for us because all of these guys are getting crazy money. Yeah. And if, I mean, they nailed it the answer... with
2: Rocket, you know, they signed him like a year earlier than mm-hmm. we knew what the market was going to be. And it ended up being like a tremendous value. So hopefully. Yeah, and
0: we'll, if the answer to re-sign DK is no, like if it's no, I do think like looking at like a Frank Clark style deal where we get like a first and a second, or in this mm-hmm. case, a second, a third and a, starting quarterback um those are very reasonable things yeah to uh to do so yeah and um yeah that's that's kind of thing so okay matt ryan i went on twitter matt ryan's trend- trending on twitter okay so i Uh-oh. went to see why you ready matt ryan said he will not play without a brand new three-year deal from the falcons that's
2: right that's my boy right there Ooh. he's ready he's ready. not
0: awesome he basically he basically got it out and said like
2: He can play for you want me to
0: be a quarterback next year? I'm gonna finish my career yeah. as a, as an, an Atlanta Falcon. You better um you better go ahead and kiss my butt. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> kiss kiss my grits. It's on now. <laughs> Middle finger to the organization. I love it. I'm Matt Ryan with the you gonna trade for Deshaun Watson? That's fine. Look at me. I'm gonna look out for myself. So
2: where is Matt Ryan gonna go though if he doesn't go here? Like the lions Colts. aren't going to take him. Yeah, Cole, so,
0: That's true. Yeah. Someone posted this gif uh, on on Twitter. This is going you know, to says Matt Ryan walking into Arthur Blank's office to collect his bonus check on Tuesday, and it's a you raggedy bitch.
2: <laughs>
0: oh man! Oh man! Uh, all right. All yeah. These that, so have so much money. I
2: would. <laughs> I would
0: say. I would say that it's a good. We got a good shot to um. To get to get a to get a quarterback a trade, out of this trade, to get a trade going out of this yeah cuz like Matt Ryan now making just like awesome demands and and Baker Mayfield you know is is completely available and you know you could see the value work its way down i'm sure both you know the colts and us are trying to get him for as little as possible right do i think he's worth about a third third rounder yeah that's about sounds about right to me maybe even a second rounder but they're not going to get a second rounder for him no for Baker? Way. If, no there's no way they get a second uh, rounder for baker think- nope they haven't their bargaining position well. is so weak. Yeah, and they, but if they, they get the
2: Colts and the Seahawks like bidding against each other, like one of them will pull the they,
0: trigger. They don't want to trade him in conference, so like I think the Colts have to blow them away with their offer, and then we can come in and just be like, hey, we'll give you a third or maybe a fourth if, if you know fourth if we don't make the playoffs, and they'll be like, oh sure, yeah, whatever. We need to get this cap off our off our roster because we can't sign our draft picks or right. or Deshaun Watson until we trade Baker. So. I, I'm uh, I'm bullish on on how cheap you can get Baker. Now there are people at Twitter that are saying weird stuff like, oh, you, they're gonna have to give up a pick to get rid of Baker. They have no, le- they have more leverage than
2: that. There's people saying weird stuff like we're gonna trade DK Metcalf to get Baker. I don't know. That's just what I hear. So
0: no, they they're not saying they're saying that's what that's what the Browns want. I know. I'm just they want up. to get DK. It's in good, a good Baker to want Yeah. Yeah. I want to date. I want to date with Rihanna, but it's not going to happen. So you know, (laughs) okay, (laughs) gotta get those media back. All right, it's my that's my go to joke whenever someone wants something really unrealistic. uh, I'm going to ask Beyonce out and see how it goes. So, all right the the next thing. uh, So we got quarterback trades. I'm like lost on my show notes. You guys got to give me a second to to corpse here. Okay, while I pull them back up. Okay, so. Yeah, we got the QB trade rumors. We got that all the way. Um, There's still free agent options, although I do think at this point it looks like it's Drew Locke trade or draft. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, uh, it doesn't yep. seem like we're right. I mean, he mentioned Jameis in the presser. Maybe we go that direction, but Jameis seems real tied to the south at this
1: point. It mm-hmm. also like, seems like the Saints basically as soon as they whiffed on uh Watson, it looks like their plan is to go to Jameis.
0: Yeah, go to Jameis and say, hey, we'll give you like, you know, 240 to play a quarterback for the next two years and see what he says. But the Seahawks made a lot of other signings. The Seahawks made some moves this week. Uh, most of it is kind of uh, depth stuff, like uh, classic Seahawk draft hedges. So they went and got Austin Blythe. Um, Austin Blythe was a center who played for the Rams underneath our offensive coaching staff, Waldron, and uh, – and um What's oh, our offensive line coach? Dickerson. So they played under those guys. He played under those in the past. They know what they're getting. Um, Blythe is Blythe is good. <laughs> okay, uh, he's not great. Uh, he's not going to blow your doors off, but he plays a solid brand of of center. Um, he provides a starting quality option that is not Kyle Fuller. Um, it's it's a good it's a good signing. I don't think there's much more to say about it than that. They did resign Fuller as well. So they now have a starting center and a backup center, ostensibly, right? Like that's, there's our, there's our starter. There's our backup. If we go into the draft, not needing a center. Yep. That's, that's kind of a class Seahawks moves. Um, it seems like we are moving in the direction of a um, a three four based on the signings that we've made so far this offseason. So the Seahawks go get go get Shelby Harris, a guy who would be very good as who has proven to be very good as a three four D or at least effective. We go and get Quentin Jefferson, a guy who would fit greatly as, as a three tech in a three four system. Right now we go and sign Uchenna Nwosu, a guy who has no place in the Seahawks style four three offense. <laughs> so it does seem like the, the with the new defensive Coaching staff that's coming in, uh, not just Clint Hurt, but also all the other guys, Sean Desai, and, and the other guys. The this team is now moving in a um, a hybrid three four direction. So, Uchenna Nwosu, Kevin, you you probably scouted him a couple years ago. I'm sure you've got your notes uh, available for him. What do you think about Uchenna Nwosu as a uh, as a Seahawks linebacker? Are
1: you excited? Are you pumped? I think Uchenna Nwosu is a really interesting pickup as um, like. Okay. So we talked a lot about bend when we talk about edge prospects. Uh, Bend is basically the thing that uh, separates an elite pass rusher from a good pass rusher. Uh, You want a guy who can bend the edge. And what that means is when you're engaged with a tackle, what you're trying to do is basically get it so that the tackle can only get to half of your body. And when you get the other half of your body free to the inside or the outside, can you rotate your hips to face the quarterback, and then make a straight line to the quarterback? Um, and so you're. Basically, and this guy's gonna, especially
0: this guy who's gonna wide up in a wide nine, like he's gonna line up really wide, comparative to where we
1: expect our guys to line up, right? Yeah, like he's gonna he's, be lining up gonna, in an outside linebacker stance. He's gonna be a two point yeah. pass rusher. Yeah. And what I will say is, uh, Uchenna Nwosu does not have great bend. He has a quality speed rush. He is a guy who can bend the edge a little bit. um, And he's really good at speed to power. What what his best move is, is he's very good at a nimble change of direction. So he can fake an outside move and go inside, or fake an inside move and go outside, which is great for a wide pass rusher. But his lack of bend, I think, will keep him from ever being elite. That being said... I think he's a guy you can basically just pencil it, him in for five sacks and double digits would never be a surprise.
0: One thing he did in college that drove me nuts, because I'm, I wrote, I uh, looked back at my, my draft notes for Yuchenna Noosu, because I save all that stuff. Um, And one thing that drove me nuts in college was that like, he would default to a, to a bull rush if he didn't know what to do. And it's like, you're 251 pounds, dude, what are you doing? Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> like you, it would always drive me bull rush. Like, Utah State's right tackle, but this is not going to work in the NFL.
0: <laughs> it's not even going to work against Stanford. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, exactly. it's just like, it's just not a, and he didn't have like any kind of pass rush plan. It was just like random, but he's a really good athlete. And, and that he can is something really, that he's changed so changed with the Chargers
1: is he does have a pass rush plan.
0: Yeah, he's free. He was a really fluid athlete in college. i I think it, it's a good pickup, and it does point us in a direction, right, as to what the Seahawks are going to try to do now. We'll see Taylor and Noosu lining up in the the Leo and the right outside linebacker spots, but it'll be it'll be wide. This this is going to look a little different. And then in the middle of the field, you're going to have Brooks, you're going to have Barton, you're going to have Tanner Muse, right? That's a guy that that um I think that you're going to start to see work his way into our our rotation there in the middle of the field. And um the other big signing was Artie Burns. Now I, I have a question. Um, some people are saying Artie Burns is a nickel cornerback. Kevin, what what position does he's he's versatile, right? He could play
1: both inside and outside. I think he's primarily a um, outside corner. He played he's played the bulk of his snaps over his career as an outside cornerback, and I think that's what he pri- profiles as best. But he's capable of playing inside. Okay, so so it gives it once again a classic. Draft hedge here where if we
0: draft an, a nickel guy, he can compete for an outside corner job. If we don't, he competes for the nickel job against against uh uh oh my gosh. Why can't I think competes right against now? Ugo Amadi or Ugo, perhaps um, John Reed? Ugo Amadi, yeah, to play slot corner. I'm looking at his uh his career stats here and it yeah, it does not look like he played very much. Uh he's played some slot
1: corner, but not
0: not a not a whole lot.
1: Yeah, no I will be honest. I was a little blood. thrown off when people started talking about how he played extensive amounts of slot corner, and I was like, I don't think that's accurate. Yeah, it's not accurate. I'm looking at the the snap
0: counts right now. I mean, no more than 50 slot corner snaps in a in a particular season, it's even, including those first two years where he was a full time starter. Yeah, with last the last three years, he's he's dealt with injuries. He's uh, also just not played. Uh, got you know, beat out for his job or whatever. Yeah,
1: Basically he had a ton of expectations in, um, in Pittsburgh being a first round pick
0: uh, first round pick. yeah.
1: And he was young. He was a true junior when he came out, I think he was like 21. And so he came in, he was supposed to be the guy uh, and his game was just raw. They transitioned from a Moore's zone when he got there. So he was a man corner, a man matchup corner in college. He gets drafted to be a zone corner in Pittsburgh. Um, He struggles in Pittsburgh, switching to the system, um, starts getting trashed pretty hard because he isn't what they thought he would be, especially with some of the other guys that were taken around him. Um, He wasn't even that bad, though. No, he wasn't. He was very average
0: looking at his stats, like giving up 42 catches on 81 targets for 579 yards and four touchdowns with 12 pass
1: breakups in 2017. This is a really good season. No, he's just yeah. a gambler. He's the kind of guy where he'll get beat ugly a few times. Like, uh, there's, there's a yeah. great, there's some great film I'm out sure. there of, uh, of what's, uh, Boyd for Cincinnati, just putting him in a blender. And he basically sure lost four- his to- job to Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure these four
0: touchdowns were really bad, but if you give up four, uh, you know that that little only 140 yards after catch in a whole in a whole thousand snaps, like I don't know, like this is I feel like this guy's been hard done. And Sean Design knows what we're getting right because he was with him last year in Chicago. So yep. yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this signing. I think it's a really good nice. depth signing. Definitely an upgrade over like Bless and Austin and John Reed as a like a potential outside cornerback. Yeah, uh, very
1: high upside. Right? It reminds me of Sidney Jones.
0: Yeah, between Sidney Jones, Trey Brown, and Artie Burns, we have two useful corners next year. And then you know, if Austin and Reed give us some nice depth that we saw last year, they can perform at least so serviceably if pushed into into the job. So I'm 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 actually completely fine with where we're at in corner. Uh, Brett, of the signings we talked about today, Quentin Jefferson coming back, uh, Uchenna Nwosu, Artie Burns, Austin Blythe. Which one are you the most excited about?
2: Um. Uh, Uchenna Nwosu by far, uh, I think I saw he was like the second most we've ever given to an outside free agent. I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. It was definitely like in the top five. I think he completely changes the defense if they commit to, you know, the defense that we want. And, um, you know, if he can be, if he can be anywhere close to, you know, the 15th, uh, most, uh, or the 15th best, uh, pressure percentage, I think I saw, right. If he can be anywhere close to that, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good bargain, you know, given what pass rushers are going for. Uh, The rest of the signings combined, I think are, you know, like Kevin was saying in the discord, like it's, uh, you know, you just raise the floor, right? You're basically just hedging, right? You got Al Woods who, you know, if, if no good uh, one tech, like prospects like follow to us, right? Like he can do that. He's the same size as like Vince Wolford, right? Like for example, and Quentin Jefferson, same deal. Uh, Austin Blythe, right? Like same deal. So I think, um, Yeah, I I
0: mean I I think we get a nice healthy dose of Brian Monet at one tech this year at the zero tech the nose this year. Like yeah. yeah, I think I I think like Brian Monet is the is the he's huge. And he's actually like a lot better than I think anyone gives him credit for.
2: Yeah. He he's he's really like
0: kind of proven over time that he's a really solid football player. And I yeah and we're paying him like nothing. I'm trying not to (laughs) be it. That's that's very nice also. Yeah, I
2: mean getting, you know, getting any production out of people you're paying nothing is definitely uh good but yeah i don't know i'm i'm trying not to get too excited about the defense cuz i really feel like it's uh i'm definitely kind of drinking the hopium but i just there's been so many changes and they brought in quality players right and they got a lot of draft picks um and you know they still have right. Jamal Adams like speaking we Speaking cannot. of
0: draft picks, let's rock a let's rock a three round mock draft right now for the for the fans because uh, we got we only got a we don't have as long to the draft as I thought you know it's it's only like six weeks away and I think it's time for us to start you know making fun of and mocking the draft and so uh, you like that he's like that pun I don't get
1: it.
0: <laughs> um, okay anyway uh, no. the, the we're gonna do a three round mock today just a nice short one we're not gonna make any trades we're not gonna do any of that stuff we're just gonna do a straight three round mock we're going to see what falls we're going to use the pro football focus mock draft simulator if you're in the discord you know i've posted links to it before you can make your own mock draft show us what you got
2: some of these Um, uh sorry some of these mock drafts people coming up with my hat goes off to you that is some yeah
0: well one one thing is this pro football focus mock draft thing it's very easy to break it by just trading down constantly and just trying to see how far you can push the simulator to give you the trades because they'll say like 33% Thirty-three percent chance they accept mm-hmm. this trade. So you're like, well, I'm just going to hit the button five times, and they'll accept really. it one of those five times.
2: Good to know. kind of dulls that dulls the shine a so, little bit, but that's all right. So
0: yes, yeah, so you can kind of break it. Um, one thing I like is when you go when you come in, it shows the teams listed by their first pick, and the Rams' first pick is hundred and four. <laughs> 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 Boy, that is so Rams. Wait, is okay.
2: That- is that reality? Is that what's happening yeah. this year? their oh, first pick in the it.
0: draft is 104. Okay, yeah. anyway. All right, we'll enter the draft. We're not going to trade. Here we go. Let's start the draft. The Seahawks picking at nine. Coming off the board first, Aiden Hutchinson, which I think is incredibly likely at this point. There's mm-hmm. a lot of Twitter rumors around there that like – they told – Lions beat reporter was told by a, a Jaguars reporter, like, why are you at Michigan Pro Day? And he was like, oh, I wanted to see Hutchinson. And he was like, yeah, yeah he's not getting to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, so then Aquanu Ak- went second. Kyle Hamilton went third. Okay. Uh, I like this too. On on the draft simulator, they have positional needs for the Texans. They wrote every position. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> so funny. Uh, fourth went Thibodeau. Thibodeau that someone that um, is kind of falling – in uh falling down draft boards uh a little bit he was kind of the consensus number 2 guy now he's he's down to like anywhere between 4 and 10 and in my opinion it's for
1: dumb not football reasons which is uh-huh. uh always really fun to me
0: we're we're not sure he loves the
1: game well oh, i mean he did play college football at that level so i'm pretty sure
0: he does love football but you know what Whatever. Then uh, Evan Neal went at five. Charles Cross at six. That's another guy that's kind of falling down the draft boards. As as um as Trevor Penning has risen up uh, the draft board, uh, Cross seems to have been the biggest victim of that. Uh, Stingley and Gardner went seven, eight. Something that I think is possible to happen. So we're sitting at nine. We're sitting at nine with the top guys available. Um, I would say if we wanted to go, uh, you know, the tackle, we're going to pick Penning. Right. Penning is the guy who's who's come up the draft boards. He's kind of the uh, what, what would you call this, Kevin? His his rise up the up the draft boards. Uh
1: I would say he is the traits darling of that, the he's post-season. the belt of the ball. <laughs> he's the belt of the ball. <laughs> it's that it's that whole like uh, he came in and he checked a lot of boxes people want in a developmental left tackle. And he came out of a small school. So he's like, you know, he was on un- a new he was kinda- hot item.
0: He was kind of relatively unknown before the combine and the senior bowl process. He he comes in, he's 6'7", 325 He
1: runs a four eight nine forty. Also, I mean, like <laughs> there's a lot of video of him um like pancaking like 112 pound defensive ends in yeah. in D2. And, uh, and <laughs> thing
0: too is people he started out as a freshman at 225. So he's added like a hundred pounds and he's strong like this guy is is big and
1: muscular and like uh and fast but he just he needs a lot of technique work still um and he needs he needs to
0: learn how to chill. he needs to learn how to chill out a little bit yeah he's going to get a lot of penalties <laughs> at the beginning like of his career too his first the first year he plays he's going to like get penalties for just being like a hothead kind of i wouldn't mind penning at 9 though i'm not going to lie to you like i'd be okay with it the other big draft riser at this point is Jermaine Johnson the second. Uh, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, people are saying that he's not even going to be available when he picks. I would not be surprised by the end of this process if that was true, because Jermaine Johnson had a quite excellent combine as well. Um, he fits the physical traits. I mean, 6'5", 254, ran a four five eight forty. He beat Kyle Hamilton in the forty. Uh, this guy is a, just a, a crazy edge prospect that that really did a good job. Um, Another kind of, like you said, Kevin, with the last guy, raw
1: talent guy, right? Um, actually, the, the interesting thing is uh, what people were surprised by was how athletic Jermaine Johnson is because he was trying to crack the rotation at Georgia. Georgia has a crazy deep uh, defensive uh, line rotation. And so he ended up transferring to Florida State and they were going, oh, this guy doesn't have very many pass rush moves. Well, in the month between the end of the season and the, uh, the season bowl process, Somehow the dude ended up picking up like three different pass rush moves all pretty effectively. And so look good in the senior world, about the coachability. He? Yeah. The dude did two days of practice and then was like, uh, yeah, I'm done. I don't need to do anymore. And he was <laughs> right. He was, he was right. <laughs> I,
0: I'm, I'm actually pretty into the idea of picking Jermaine Johnson at nine. If he's there, Are you guys good with that? I mean, I'm it just bad. seems like it, I, edge seems like a great position for us to, to gain depth and, I mean like the other top guys here Trent McDuffie that's a slot corner. Not
2: gonna
1: happen.
0: Um I mean, mean I like Trent, Trent McDuffie. He can also
1: play outside corner. I would not call yeah, him but just I, a slot.
0: I would say he would be best served. I mean let's let's put it this way. Slot is a much more posi- important position than it used to be. He's going to play 80% of the snaps even if he's just quote I'm putting this in air quotes just a slot corner. <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of understating what what kind of impact he'll have on a football field. I just think he would be best as a slot corner like the hit the way his instincts and stuff work I just think he would be amazing that's fair and I don't mind I don't mind drafting McDuffie I mean I just think nine is a little too high I compared you, we to just
2: never drafted a cornerback in the you know in the and first,
0: then so. the, the really good interior guys Wyatt Davis um uh, who again else? that feels pretty high that's, George Karloftis is
1: just a power edge that feels really high I, for him yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think George Karloftis is is our old system wouldn't you agree Like if like how do we even fit Karloftis onto our team now? He's a he's like a four three
1: edge in a three four, but I just don't think he can stand up to the double team. I don't think because he's also got short arms.
0: I don't think he'd be good at it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, so are we? Are we going to
1: just draft Johnson? Call it a. I think so. Do you want? Do we need to have the Malik Willis conversation? Uh, no, <laughs> I think we've had the Malik Willis conversation. I will say what we have wandered into is the exact scenario where I would hate to stick and pick because I yep. don't like Jermaine Johnson that much more than people we could get later, um, and Jermaine Johnson and Trent McDuffie are probably the best use of this pick. I would so much rather trade down like seven spots and get Tyler Linderbaum, but it doesn't matter. So I yeah, I would just I'll take the edge.
0: And it's hard to trade down right here in this specific situation because like the the eight top guys went 1 through 8, right? Yep. Exactly. So like yep. so like who's going to trade up to 9 to to get their guy when the, and give up a lot? They probably wouldn't give up very much, which makes it a more unappealing to trade down. Uh the the thing that can happen is I and I think this will happen. Is Malik Willis is going before our pick. Mm-hmm. I think that's just happening. It's he's moved so far up the boards. He's shown everything you want throughout this draft process to like become the ascendant, like top quarterback in this class. Some team is going to talk themselves into Malik Willis. And the question is, is it one of the teams that's already there? Is it the Lions? Is it Houston? Is it Panthers? Is it Falcons? Is it one of the teams that's already up there? Or is it some team coming up from behind us? The commanders, the um the are te- the, the the eagles you know what's he coming up from right. behind us and you think that we're, to, totally to in position that we're
2: just going to let a team just if well, they want to like go for if, it right
0: if that happens if a team comes up up front of us and, and gets willis right and and so now now we're going to see one of these guys fall we're going to see yeah. cross or or sauce gardener or Kyle Hamilton or Thibodeau. One of those guys fall to us, I I'm into that. I just take I just take whichever of these eight guys is left over. To be right. honest with you, yep. they all fit... every single one of these guys, Hutchinson, Conwu, Hamilton, Thibodeau, Neal, Cross, Stingley, Gardner, they all fit a need. Mm-hmm. They all are really good, and I think that they're clear like A tier in this draft of like the the best eight prospects. I mean, I know people feel Penning and Johnson have worked their way into this mix and I don't think that's like unreasonable, but they're they're higher risk, higher reward guys. I think, uh, as opposed to the guys that I said before, I would I like all of them very much, and I think that they they all have great. Anyway, we're gonna pick we're gonna pick Johnson here. All anyway, right. we're just gonna right, be, and pick down. Johnson, and we're gonna go down to the uh, second round. Tons of guys coming off the board here at forty.
2: Got tons of picks. Uh, so. P-
0: so the top two guys available are both guys that I think would be very much on our board at this point, and there is another guy a little bit farther down that I think would make a great fit. So we've got Jalen Petre the cornerback out of Baylor uh, fits a need, a nice uh, slot cornerback that could really come in and and do work for us. Leo Chanel, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, who I think is a great fit for us as a second linebacker and Travis Jones, the defensive interior player out of Connecticut coming in and playing uh, a D.I. We also have Abraham Lucas available, although we're picking again next pick. So we can kind of, we have Logan Hall also, Kevin, I know that's a defensive interior player that people are really into. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he's
1: a great fit for our system anymore. Do you think that he could play D.E. though? Do you bulk up a little bit? Like he has the frame for it, right? Yeah. So we just have to worry about uh, whether or not Ivan can really help him reshape his body for us.
0: No, he doesn't, I just think he needs to gain like 20 pounds. It's not like, He's not out of bounds and his frame is huge. I don't know. I really like Hall. And I, I know that like everyone – so th- the thing is, is that he's an interior defender. Okay, Let's just talk Logan Hall for a second. He's a – He's, yeah, he's a basically interior a interior defender, tech. And, but he's like 6'6", 280. And he needs to like either bulk up a little bit or he – and he plays a little high – um, but he works really hard. He's steadily grown into his frame, right? Every year it's, he started out as a, as an edge rusher and every year he's, he's kind of, as he moved inside, he has gained weight and he continues to gain weight. I kind of really like hall. I think he's like a, a sleeper, um, interior defender guy. Would you rather have holler Jones? How about that? Kevin? Let's just, let's just ask that. Uh, I'd rather have Jones. Okay. Just cause, uh, you can come in play one tech. He's huge. He's also (laughs) or zero tech. He can play zero right on the nose.
1: Yeah, basically he could come in. He's uh, has better length, better size. Um, Because that's the other thing about uh, Logan Hall is he only has thirty two inch arms, which on the interior isn't as big of a deal. Um, The other thing is uh, like Jones is kind of a freak. Like his three cone was like less than a tenth of a second slower than Logan Hall's at yeah, 325 here's... pounds oh yeah like jones is jones freak. isn't being talked about as as big of a freak because jordan davis was a bigger freak <laughs>
0: all right so okay let's so let's talk so we got this pool of players here petre chanel jones um lucas i don't think that we want to go we're not running back here right uh, so well, not, who not...
2: went uh did walker go in your, yeah, in Wa- your mock? walker
0: walker is available kenneth all right. walker the
2: right.
0: third Uh which and Brees Hall's available as well. I do think I could, I would, I would be willing to risk one of those guys being there at seventy-two. Does that that make sense? Does, like yeah, just yeah, it does. just saying, like at seventy-two, hopefully it, there's a running back there that we can mm-hmm. try. And another thing too is is that the tackles in this draft. I don't know. I kind of dig like a lot of tackles in this draft to the point where I don't. I wouldn't be. I would be willing to not force it uh this at this point in the draft.
2: Yeah, like you wait for like Smith or uh, like a Sailor to fall or something.
0: Or you can like go get cu- like Kennard or or mm-hmm. like a Kellen Deesh or Tyler Smith. Yeah, Tyler Smith is a great one, Brett. Just like let tackle kind of come to you. I don't know, Kevin, what do you think? What's your strategy? What do you think in here? What's your what's your strategy? I mean, so you my, could really bolster this defense right here. Yeah, my so thought is
1: do it, we maybe. do we want to kind of finish off the defense or right. do we want to uh, to give the offense a little bit of help? And, um, if we go I don't to finish think the home,
2: offense needs help, that's where I'm do,
0: at. Do we try, it, it, if we sign Trent Brown, it definitely changes the calculus oh, here. Right. Yeah. Cause it, without Trent Brown on roster, I mean, tr- everyone's saying Trent Brown staying in Seattle. Trent Brown's going to be a Seahawk. without Trent Brown currently being on the roster. It's really hard to not be like, Hey, you got to get a tackle at some point. <laughs> right. Like Ooh. like we have our offensive tackles right now are stone Forsyth and uh, Jake Curry. And, uh, Great Curhan, it's 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 real ugly. So yeah, good I mean, point, good point. That
1: if we have Trent Brown, it does it does change the 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 kind of calculus here, right, Kevin? Would you agree with that? Uh, yes and no. I actually the thing I like about Trent Brown is a signing is he is a quality left tackle or one of the best five right tackles in the NFL. <laughs> and the cool thing about that is that means like because something I'd be really tempted to do here would be to pick up Jalen Petrie and then Abraham Lucas. At forty forty-one, mm-hmm. because Abraham Lucas is a right tackle. Um, we don't have a developmental right tackle. Uh and
0: the dis the DJ Kerhan disrespect continues.
1: Yep, and it will forever. Um, and so I like the idea. I, I think that Abraham Lucas is a great fit for our system. Um, I think that he's one of my I don't I don't understand why he is considered to be so much lower on the prospect totem pole than a Trevor Penning or Bernard Raymond so um he's a guy i, I would think be it's cool with picking i think 41. it's 41 one thing
0: that is taking the shine off his star uh for abraham lucas is that the last really strong left tackle prospect from washington state bombed the same i think that the same thing this thing happens all the time where ohio state uh quarterbacks right yeah uh, they just bomb every time so of course we can't we can't draft a lot ohio of helmets yeah now. yeah and it just it's like It puts the it puts a like a like there's a risk factor with Abraham Lucas now that that is completely out of his control right like there's nothing he can do he did the combine he did great he did he did had a great four uh, five year career at Washington State University like there's really nothing you can do but he just didn't do it Um, okay where do you fall on the Chanel Muma thing okay because I'm like team I'm like firmly team Chanel but like I I could see why someone would go the other way would you do you fall the
1: other way on the Chad Muma Leo ocean thing or have you not scouted linebacker much yet so if i want leo chanel it's because i want somebody who plays downhill um and somebody who's going to be able to blitz really effectively if i want muma it's because i want a guy who's better at dropping into coverage uh He's so fast. Muma is more so fast. of a safety uh linebacker hybrid chanel is more of a linebacker edge hybrid but chanel is a linebacker edge hybrid in that he could play both linebacker and edge not in that he is an edge who can kind of play linebacker. Like
2: where are you guys at on linebacker? Is that like a huge
1: position of need in your mind? I think we need one linebacker
0: to hold down the
1: middle with Brooks.
0: Okay. And And Chanel would be nice too, because you know, you could see like a Micah Parsons arc for him where everyone kind of sees him as a middle linebacker right now. But if he played edge, he could totally bomb in there for 10 sacks. Like it, I I just don't Mm -hmm. think it's unreasonable. And, I love that about him. And another thing, too, is it gives you defensive flexibility, something I always like, where you can't just look at the numbers and know what a guy's going to do,
1: right? But I would argue Petrie does the same thing, because Petrie uh, basically played the Jamal Adams role. Like, literally, Jamal Adams' defensive coordinator was uh, from college was Petrie's head coach in college, and they played that kind of star position. I think that Petrie adds a lot of flexibility to what we can do with our linebacker uh, DB configuration and blitzing. This is a really.
0: This is a really tough spot because I want like three of these guys really. Yeah. I want to like, I want to like finish the defense and just go like Petre Chanel Jones and just be like, this is defense is, is it rips now. Like this is such a good defense. Yeah. But then Linder but Linderbaum's
2: there, right? So you could do no, Linderbaum,
0: Linderbaum's gone. Linderbaum. Oh,
2: right. Okay. 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 Linderbaum
0: oh, went, went right. in the 17 to the chargers, which
1: actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yes, it does. Well, no, it doesn't. Um, because yeah. They just paid a bunch for a center, but uh, oh, wait, did, did <laughs> did they? area. Yeah. They, they're the ones who picked up Linsley that's oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. in that region is where he's going to end up going. Um, I'm with you, I think i going lot of with.
2: Finishing the defense is, is pretty strong.
1: Yes. And and all the quarterbacks went in front of us here Ritter,
2: Corral, too, yeah.
0: Pickett. Like all those guys went between. Th- went between. So Howell, Ritter, Pickett, and Corral all went between 32 and 38. So let's go Petrie Which, Chanel.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's
0: do it. Let's. Get let's finish this defense. This defense is gonna rip because I also
1: feel like we can get the- uh zero techs later on in the draft that are like perfectly serviceable, they just won't be the same freak that Jones is. Right. Yeah, that this is our last is
2: not, not really valued. This is our
0: last pick. I'm gonna go with uh, so first I'm gonna mention Kevin favorite, Dylan Parham. Uh,
1: this is guy who played tackle in college but probably projects as a guard, in he played the tackle pros, and which- guard and he can play and he actually took snaps at center in um the postseason and was apparently pretty respectable.
2: Perfect Seahawks I,
0: lineman. You're I'm very sad. Face. I'm very sad right now because none of our running backs <laughs> sur- no. survive. Told you, they're all they're all gone. They're no. all gone now. Um, is Damian Pierce uh, I, there? He is, and so is so, so is Sawyer. So is Deesh. Uh, Max Mitchell's there. So those are the big names at uh, at tackle. Do any of those um, appeal appeal to you in any way? I mean, J- Jamari Jamari Sawyer, like. Uh, I don't think that he should go outside. I don't think he should go in the first three rounds. I no, he's very limited. He just doesn't seem like he's going to be an NFL athlete to me. Maybe if he plays guard, if he plays guard, he could be fine. He's big.
1: So I give like, you a different
0: just, name. OK, give me to me.
1: Uh, he's probably a little further down the list. Wake Forest. Uh, center slash tackle Zach, Tom, Zach, to- Zach Tom. It's actually not very far down the list. He's fourth down the list. Uh, I think Zach, Tom is a guy who could come in right away and play center. He reminds me kind of Elton Jenkins who, uh, ended up on the Packers where for some reason, the fact that his athletic testing is really, really good is kind of not getting noticed despite it being really, really good. And also his tape is quality like this dude put quality snaps in, in the ACC um, all across the offensive line for Wake Forest. Okay, Kevin,
0: I, w- I want to tell you who he reminds me of, okay? And you're not going to like this. He reminds me so much of Ethan Posage. <laughs> like watching him, the size, the pos- the ability to play multiple positions, the fact that he's really good in college, like everything about this guy reminds me so much of Posage. I mean, yes. If he just doesn't get hurt, I guess Postage is awesome. So, so maybe maybe that's actually like a good thing. Maybe we should draft this guy because he just reminds me of like, like the way he could play multiple positions. He's pretty tall too. He's six four. Um, I think Postage is six six, right? Six five.
1: Yeah, he's really he's smart. Got a lot of length.
0: He yeah, he's long. Like we tried Postage at tackle first, and you could try Tom at tackle as well if you really want. What
1: I'm gonna to. say is, I uh, doesn't mm. he also then remind you of Unger? Maybe we should draft Zach Tom. Maybe this – because like if,
0: if it's just – if he's just postage that doesn't get hurt, like I would draft then he's that. Max start, I would draft that at 72. Like that's not even a thing. Yeah, let's just draft him. Let's call it a day. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Because yeah, maybe they give him a chance at tackle this year and then they just kick him inside the center when it doesn't work out. I'm fine with that. All right. They're grading our draft. We're going to get like an F uh, because we drafted Jermaine Johnson like way <laughs> over their big board. But uh, we went Johnson, Petrie, Chanel, Tom in our first three round mock. We'll do more mock drafts uh, as we get closer. But this is an early one where we now you can have your eye on some prospects that we have our eye on that we think could be good fits for the defense. I think especially at 40 and 41, uh, the defensive players that should be available
1: will be. I think will be like really impactful for our defense. Would you agree with that, Kevin? Yeah, I think you can get some immediate like guys who can challenge for starting jobs and quality snaps.
0: They gave us an F for drafting Zach Tom. Son of a oh, and I want to have the Kyle Hamilton conversation in case he's there at nine. Um, people are bagging on him because he ran a slow 40. Like he is as big and got did better in almost all of his athletic t- testing compared to Cam chancellor. Don't be fooled.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> like, what I will do- <laughs> say is um, this guy, if this guy you good. Are worried about his 40 time, you should go back. And there's this guy who played safety in college and then played linebacker for the Bears in the 2000s. And uh, just, you know, take my word for it. That dude was pretty good. Yeah. Just don't be fooled. He's so good. Um, Yeah. That was a Brewer lacquer
0: reference. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton will be like a great safety in the NFL. Not, not even a good one. He will be great. And maybe he, maybe now his, his straight line speed limits him to he's a box, a uh, box guy or like a strong safety. He can't play free safety. Like some people hoped does not matter. He's so freaking good. Okay. Uh, there are many ways to support the CX nest podcast. The best way to do so over at patreon.com slash CX nest. And for as little as a dollar 24 a month, join the patrons, join the discords, come hang out with us. Um, been a fun couple of days in the Discord. We did our expansion draft for the Seahawks Nest Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Um, I was surprised by what happened. Uh, I thought it was it was fun, interesting to see like how that how that played out. Like I was so sure David Montgomery was going to be the first guy picked, and then he wasn't. And uh, nope. so then and then and then it, it kind of went from there. So yeah, really good time. Uh, lots of chatter about, of course, you know the Russell Wilson and all that stuff. So thank you to the Patreons, new and old. Andy Brett, do it all for the Tucci flock. Greta James, Jose. Kerry, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Blake, Washington, Fist Quest, uh, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Leon, Michelle, Michael, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick. Okay, uh, we're gonna go fast here because uh, we're already in overtime. But we uh, we were like trying to figure out a movie we'd all watched, and Kevin recently watched the Mitchells vs. the Machines, a movie I think should be should be but is not a uh, best animated film contender this year. I, a lot of people feel like it's on the outside looking in. So, um, let's let's get into it. What do you? Th- so well, I'm going to read the first review uh, on the most popular review on Letterboxd because it made me laugh so hard. It says the most relatable character in fiction: a gay pretentious film bitch who hates their dad. <laughs>
1: uh, oh my God. I was just like, dang, this is such
0: a <laughs> such a funny review. But anyway, this is I like I like that that um. They they had like a gay lead character and didn't. It was just like a thing. You know what I mean. It wasn't like yeah. They weren't. They didn't have like a scene where they like really like hammered it into your head. It was just like you could have
2: you know, legitimately
1: oh. not noticed. You could, but it would be it would be hard
2: among us, Kevin,
1: because because <laughs> well because that's the whole thing is they were a person. I know, right, <laughs> that was the biggest <laughs> they,
0: part. Yeah, but they they really made it like a. Um, and there was no romance pot line or anything like that. It was just like this is a person. Yeah, exactly. This is a person. And yeah. I like I found
2: I that that's really. What great. I'm saying
1: is like until you mentioned it, I had forgotten.
2: Yep, yeah, same. because
1: yeah. it wasn't plot relevant. It was just it was just a fact about the character, which is yeah. cool. Brett, 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 they walk among <laughs> us.
0: Yeah, as, as well, some, I mean, I as, just, some, as yeah. someone with a, as someone with like a with like a queer daughter, though, I'm sure it like really hit for you like that. That's cool that the that, yeah, these characters get representation in mainstream media. It's so
2: right? hard because there's like the representation that, you know, disingenuous people making a lot of media think that people want, you know, and it's like and it's it's the same way they treat you know people like with disabilities or whatever you know it's like they're just people right like they don't want to be you know put all this pet like just put them in your thing right and just have them be a part of it and that's that's all it takes and yeah Yeah, because if you take a
1: random sampling of 30 people guess what
2: that's the thing hate
1: to scare you but
2: okay
0: the oh. animation that, let's go start with the animation the animation this movie rocks it's yep. like so fun it's so over the top it's super good uh sony pictures animation has really like that, and that's who this is right yes yeah, phil sony. lord and christopher
1: miller uh basically came in and um sony animation studios were like hey you guys seem to be good at this whole spotting animation that's going to be great thing we're just going to let you all kind of help out with that and yeah, so and lord and miller man- are producers on this and it's a, I uh i believe it's michael Rianda, is how you say the name. Yeah. Uh, is the director on it and it is it's uh it's his first movie um worked with Jeff Rowe to write it it's Jeff Rowe's first movie um, but they worked on what was the animated series were they from the Gravity Falls team yeah Mike Randall yeah. was on Gravity excellent. Falls yeah
2: well that explains why this movie is uh excellent because that show is i don't know I mean, I mean we can you know we can throw in you know an extra serving here on movie club but i mean Gravity Falls is up there amongst the most uh under underappreciated uh uh animated shows yeah so for my money so
0: yeah Riando Riando was like the uh he did voices and then he was the creative director and writer in season one and then he just consulted after that um but the yeah i, I think this the thing is, is this plot of the movie is super like um relevant in multiple ways right like we've got both the like you know parent kids relationship stuff that i think a lot of will hit for a lot of people Right. Yep. It, parents and mm-hmm. kids alike. We've and got the older, the, younger sibling. We've got the technology addiction slash end of at the at wor- end of the world stuff that, that I think a lot will hit for a lot of people. Right. So in multiple ways, this and then, you know, the growing up stuff, the coming of age stuff. I mean, it's just in multiple ways. This movie's hitting from a lot of different emotional angles and somehow lands the it lands the th- every single theme. Like none of the themes fell flat, which I think is like a pretty, pretty awesome feat. Um, and it's got great. Yeah. Like I said, it's, has got great representation, good voice acting. Um, the action is really fun. It's funny. Like it makes you laugh. <laughs> it's actually, it's it genuinely actually funny. funny. Yeah. The, the little interludes are fun. Uh, yeah. the, Oh yeah. With Eric Andre, everything he's doing as the, like the, the, the founder of the Apple or whatever <laughs> <that> character <laughs> is so funny. And then um, the, the Beck Bennett and Fred Armisen as those two robots. Yes. Is seriously. Like A 10 out of 10 comic relief it's so funny
2: um Um, yeah they you know they like even if they didn't hit on any of the themes and this was just you know like you know like stamped out of the man my i am exhausted whatever right even if it was just bargain basement right like hey we made an animated you know like kids movie for netflix right it would still be good but the fact that you know all of the, like all of the themes and what they're trying to say hits and the voice acting is great. Yeah. It's a, it's a gem and there has not been many of those. And I mean, yeah, you know, I like, like scrolling through like Netflix, like, all right, well, you know, this, 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 and this, and your uh, expectations are low, I think for, for most uh, animated movies these days.
1: Well, it hits the sweet spot where kids can enjoy it. Um, but there's plenty there for an adult to enjoy. The animation is good it kind of hits meme culture type things like with the, um, the pug movies uh, that mm-hmm, she's doing mm-hmm. throughout. And like, again, the interludes, uh, a lot of those things, yeah. but it does those kind of memey things without being annoying about it. So it's, right. it's very accessible for both. Like, you know, me as the parent for my kids. And then for people who have even younger kids, Right. it, it really is a family movie in the sense that kind of Pixar is one of the only companies that still nails that.
2: Yeah, Um, I think I, I think I realized that I just described the second half of the second Wreck-It Ralph movie, right? Where, like, like everything just kind of falls, just not, it just doesn't really hit right, It's paint by numbers. Yeah, and it's still good, Uh, and yes, that was it, thank you, Kevin, yeah, it was paint by numbers. Yeah, like, it's still good, but you're just not, you're just not getting, you know, out of it what you, what you kind of feel like you should be, if that makes sense, you know? Um, All right,
0: rank rank these three movies. Uh, the, these are uh, so this is best animated film twenty twenty two, right? Like this is the category that this movie's in. So the the contenders seem to be Luca and Kanto and the Mitchells versus the Machines. Like where does this rank with those um, those movies? Is this well, a,
2: well above Encanto for me. Like that movie's fine, but it just does nothing for me.
0: So one thing that's happened for me is that Encanto had all the buzz, right? Cause the songs are really yeah. fun and it was it kind of took the cultural zeitgeist for a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm with you. Like it's a good movie, but like there's some weird stuff in that movie. And like, I don't also it's the not second correct. half of that
1: movie feels, or the third act of that movie is so rushed. It's like, and eh, the yes. movie's over.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. And so, so I would say I would rank, I don't know. It's Luca and Mitchell's one, two for me and Encanto third. I would say I would, say mitchell's is my favorite though i think it's close mitchell's and luca is very close luca uh got got that got that um it's got that musical swells though that really make you get the emotions going i I think we all agree
1: i think we all agree on the tiering of uh mitchell's and luca are a tier above um the thing that i will say is luca does things that i think are really good um it's a really enjoyable movie um I think Mitchells versus the Machines is not a move is not a type of animated movie that often goes up for big awards. Yeah. And I think that it's good for awards and recognition to recognize when someone's doing something a little bit different and a little bit unique. And for that reason, I would like to see the Me- Mitchells versus the Machines get it. Yeah, the Netflix
0: is Netflix be... is going to campaign hard for this yes, movie. True. Let's start with that, and Disney has to split their campaigning between three movies: right. Encanto, Raya, and Luca. Although I would say They'll Raya is clearly, yeah, they, they shouldn't campaign <laughs> for that movie at all. It's it's not like it's it's not like it's bad. It's actually a really not fun bad, actioner, right. but like it's just it's it's like a solid three and a half. Well, it's like, that's not, the problem
2: it, I have though. Right? Is that like the award shouldn't be like okay, did Pixar do a better slight twist on their Pixar movie or did Disney Animation Studios or this other one, you know what I mean? Like, Mitchell's vs. the Machines is actually, like, a movie that I think has relevance outside of just kind of, like, okay, you know, like, what are they gonna do this time, right? Are they gonna make, like, a, you know, are they gonna make a Homeward or are they gonna make a Coco, right, in terms of, like, quality? So, I think that's why uh, it just kind of hits much, much better for me than most uh, the most family animated movies or whatever category. Uh, that is yeah
0: so really really fun movie all right uh for uh kevin for brett we will uh, see you guys next week go hawks